grace and peace to you this morning. As we gather for worship, I invite you all to take two or three deep breaths, chance to center yourself in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Good morning. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Blessed are those who trust in God. Come and trust to be grounded in God's love. Blessed are those who hope in God. We come in hope to worship the one who gives us life. Blessed are those who delight in God. We come delighting in God's grace and joy. may be seated. Welcome to this time of worship here at Westminster. We're thrilled to see you. Whether you've been coming steadily for quite some time, or this is your first time back, perhaps, or maybe first time here altogether. Whatever brings you here, we're glad to see you and we want you to feel welcome. We hope you stick around afterwards for some refreshments or some fellowship time. And I encourage you to make note of someone you don't recognize particularly if you're a long-term member, and to seek them out after the service and introduce yourself to them and 
ask their name and make them feel extra welcome. You'll see our updated COVID guidelines on the back. Our 8.30 service is now a mask optional service. We'll be reevaluating this service in a couple weeks' time when the schools uh, make their own reassessment as well in light of the children in our midst. Would you join me now in the community prayer? It's printed in your bulletin. Shall we pray together? Loving God, we are blessed when we have your compassion, your heart for the poor, for the hungry, for those who weep, for those left out. Give us your heart this and every day. May our lives overflow with your spirit, spirit of generosity, of pouring ourselves out in service, of bearing one another's burden. Give us your spirit this and every day. Forgive us for those times when we consider ourselves the center of the world. Help us instead to be a blessing to you and to others this and every day. Amen. And our prayers continue in the quiet of our hearts. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we are forgiven. Know that we have been set free and to be at peace. Amen. One of the ways that we build up the community, we stay connected, is we share what's going on in our lives, what we're carrying and what we're rejoicing over. So in a moment you'll have a chance to share your joys and concerns, but uh, we want to share a special one from the beginning. Many of you know this week that Jeff Healy suffered a rather serious heart attack on Wednesday. And uh, he was at the 8.30 service, um, looking so well that he's, he's a walking uh, advertisement for having a heart attack in a strange way. Um, but don't follow suit. In any event, he had a, a rather moving thank you that he offered to the congregation who has been supporting him in the days since, and he asked that Mary Beth might read that to you all because it, it names a number of you all as well. So Mary Beth. Thank you, Rob and Bethany, for allowing me to share. And thank you, God, for allowing me to be here today. Wednesday morning, I was participating in a weekly discussion panel of a dozen or so men across the country. The group is called Keeping It Real. We were talking about what we individually would be willing to die for in our lives. A nice, light Wednesday morning chat. <laughs> in the middle of the call, I needed to excuse myself. I was feeling intense pain in my chest. Chris Caldwell was on the call. When I returned, he asked me via the chat feature what had happened. After hearing my description, he ordered me to go to Marin Health, as many of you know at Marin General. 
I drove over and discovered that I was in the midst of a heart attack. The Widowmaker was 100% blocked. That's the left anterior descending artery. The staff at the hospital were amazing, and I am here today. For the following days, I have been the recipient of your love and prayers. I know that I have missed a few of you. I just want to say thanks for being my angels. Here's a short list of those of you who reached out directly to me. Again, I'm so sorry if I miss you on this list. Anita Lowe, Judith Harkins, Will Tomey, Chris Caldwell, about a dozen times, Bruce Nelson, Sophie and Muriel Harkins, Georgia Bender, Anna Caldwell, David Harkins, Anderson Swank, Mike and Libby Hatfield, Ivy Panapacker, Matt Holt, Wilson Adkins, Ted Scott, Glenn Burke, Harbo Jensen, Susan and Louis Burkout, Burkholt, Judy and Mark Sachs and Doug, Charlotte Montgomery, Joe Rafter, Jim Arce, Elizabeth Merriman, Sandy and Stan Smith, Cammie Sumrall, Luke Tusher, Tusher, excuse me if I mispronounced that, Nancy and Gary Carlston, and of course, Jeff, Bethany, and Rob. One lesson I will share out of this, if you have an unresolved issue with someone you love, please promise to reconcile by the day before you die. Since most of us won't know what that day will be, reconcile today. God in your grace. Mm. Hear our prayer. Thank you, Mary Beth. And Chris, you missed some of that, but that was Jeff giving thanks for the congregation caring for him, and we give you thanks for making that stubborn man go to the hospital. Did you hear that list? That's what we're cultivating here. You are a community that cares for each other, and may that care extend to everyone, whether you will know them well or not. I wanted to point out one thing about that list, though there are many things that could be pointed out. I would say at least half a dozen of those folks are youth, or recently were youth. So part of what's being cultivated here is a group of young leaders who step up and care for their adults, too. Powerful, powerful. What else are you carrying? Joys, concerns? Yeah. Nice to see you back, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. If you couldn't quite hear, Nancy has just gone through a heart procedure of her own, and she, too, is touched by the many ways you've reached out in support and care and prayer. Carolyn. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you here all the way from Abu Dhabi. That's terrific. Thank you for spending the time you have with us. It's terrific. Yeah, Clark. Oh, yes, yeah, so Clark lifts up the queen who, um, 95, and has been tes tested positive for COVID, yeah. 
Uh, I will say yesterday we had a rather joyful day, a celebration of the life of Bill Shoemaker, service to the witness of the resurrection. His funeral was yesterday, and it was really well attended, and there were a lot of laughs and uh, fond memories. It was really a special day. Kyle. You're today? In May. Kyle's, get, they're getting a new puppy in May. That is, man, it doesn't get better than that, except when you have to take it out to train it, but that's not my problem. So that's terrific. Joan. Joan, thank you for being brave to share that. She was seconding Jeff's comments about finding reconciliation as far as you can with those from whom you may be in strife. And she recounted that just at the end of December, her former husband connected to her and they were able to have some healing and she was able to offer some important forgiveness. And he died just this past week and just how important that was to have that. So our hearts are with you and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, indeed, as we prayed at 8.30, many of us are um, quite concerned about what is happening or may happen in Ukraine. Yeah. Ruthie. Ruthie lifts up her older brother who has COVID, but also uh, is a uh, organ recipient. So he's immunocompromised. That obviously adds a, a layer of uh, possibility there. Yeah, Michael. Beat him in tennis. <laughs> Welcome to the world, grandson Owen. That's terrific. And Petey Stein shared the birth of a grandchild at 8.30. Jane. Was what in? Oh. So for a young family member who was murdered last week. I'll lift up too, I, I, I believe yesterday was the 80th anniversary of the order to intern Japanese Americans in this country. And we have at least one person in this congregation who literally bears those scars, but of course, many more. 
So we hold that in repentance. Anyone else? Let's come together in prayer. Oh God, our hearts bear so much, pun intended, that we delight in the company of a congregation that can share our burdens, that can remind us that we belong to something bigger and with whom we can celebrate the joys of this life. So we give you thanks even as we ask your presence. We trust the unspoken prayers of our hearts to you as well. And we join together not only in voice, but in spirit. As we offer the words that Jesus taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. This is the Sunday of the month when we offer a birthday blessing to anyone who has a birthday this month or anyone who missed their birthday month. We won't ask which. We invite you to come forward if you're comfortable to receive a blessing. Thank you, Bob, because at 8.30, it was me blessing Bethany. <laughs> Which I'm happy to do, but we could just do that in the office. So this is... Really, that's it? February, no kidding. All right. Here's a poem on your birthday month called A Sacrament. Become that high priest, the bee. Drone your way from one fragrant temple to another, nosing into each altar. Drink what's divine. And while you're there, let some of the sacred cling to your limbs. Wherever you go, leave a small trail of its golden crumbs. In your wake, the world unfolds, its rapture the fruit of its blooming. Rooms in your house fill with that sweetness your body bath makes and eats. Pauline Peterson. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Lift up our countenance to you and give you peace. Happy birthday. Amen. You may be seated. And I believe it's time to invite the young people forward for a time of discovery. Whoa, look at this return. This is nice. Oh, yeah, holiday weekend nonetheless. They must know who's preaching today. <laughs> oh, it's so great to see you. And I know we probably have some kids watching at home, but it's great to see you back here. Uh, oh, what a gift. What a gift. So, I wonder something. You don't have to tell me what they are, but I wonder, and you can just show me by nodding your head. Do you ask lots of questions? Actually, maybe I should ask your parents. <laughs> Do you have lots? Yeah, yeah. They ask lots, lots of questions. I have questions. I ask lots of questions, too, sometimes inside, sometimes out loud. One of the questions I, I uh, ask sometimes is, why are some people nice? And they really seem to get it, how to be with others. And some people aren't so nice, and they don't know how to be with others. Well, once there was a man who said such wonderful things and did such amazing things that people just had to follow him. They just wanted to be around him. And he told stories when he, when he taught. And one of the stories he told one time was about somebody who was a farmer. And he said, the farmer, once upon a time, went out to plant, and they sowed their seed, sprinkling it around. And some of the seed fell on the path where it had been beaten down by footsteps, and birds came and ate it all up. And some of the seed fell on rocky ground, so it was able to grow, but because it didn't have very deep roots, when the sun came out, it kind of withered up, and it didn't make it. And some seed fell among thorny bushes, and when it grew, it kind of got choked off by the thorn plant, so it didn't do that well either. And then some of the seed 
fell on this wonderful soil where we have deep roots and lots of room and access to sun. And you know this story, and it grew really well. Is that because you're his brother that you also know this story? <laughs> and it grew really, and it did really well. Now, I have lots of questions about that story. One is, if it was such a good farmer, why did they spread the soil all over the place, including places it wasn't going to grow well? <laughs> and I wonder what it would like to be that seed that was sown in a place that they didn't really have much of a chance to make it. And I wonder what it would be like to be the seeds in the soil that did get to grow. You know this one too. Yeah, that's great. And I wonder what it would be like to be told that you're just a thorn and that you just hurt people. I wonder what that's like. And I wonder what you wonder about this story and what you'll wonder about the story when you encounter it again in Sunday school in just a few moments. Before you go, and who's going to lead them out? Is it Grayson? Uh, I want to bless you by, by saying, may God be a good friend to you and may you be a good friend to others. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere. The first scripture reading is from Psalm 118. Listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke. Listen for how the spirit may be speaking to you. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. 
They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So at first hearing, this passage, which is from Luke's gospel, sounds an awful lot like a similar passage from Matthew's gospel. It's actually the more well-known passage called the Beatitudes. In both passages, Jesus lifts up as blessed various people. And these are all people that one wouldn't necessarily consider to be blessed, like those who are poor, who are hungry, who are reviled. So many sermons on either of these passages will talk about Jesus turning things upside down, right? taking the cultural assumptions of his day and really perhaps the cultural assumptions of our day and flipping them all around, really challenging people to reconsider who they think is favored by God. I was actually going to go in that direction, talking about Jesus turning things upside down. And then I heard Rob's sermon last week. If you weren't able to hear it last week, I do invite you to look up the video on our YouTube channel or you can read the transcript on our webpage. And Rob talked about the importance of both service and justice working together. Now, so for example, you know, it's important to offer a meal to someone who is hungry. It's also important to work to address the underlying causes that mean that people don't have enough to eat. Service, justice. It's important to, to give someone an emergency place to sleep for a night. It's also important to work to make sure every person has permanent housing available to them. His sermon had a lot more in it, but that's just a brief recap of service and justice. So I heard this last week, and I approached this passage from Luke with some new insight, and I especially started to pay attention to the differences between the passage we heard today and the Beatitudes from Matthew. And I want to give you just a couple of examples. So in Matthew, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Now in Luke, what we heard today, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. One more example. In Matthew, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And then what we heard today, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Do you notice the, the differences there? In Matthew, Jesus is offering a very universal message, right? He could be talking truly to any of us. Sure, we have all experienced probably being poor in spirit at one time or another. Yes, I definitely hunger and thirst for righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me that I am blessed. That's Matthew. But what we hear today is definitely a more concrete, specific message. Now, Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Jesus and Luke is addressing this very specific message to very specific people, offering blessing. And lest those who are hearing Jesus still not quite understand, Jesus then follows it up with a bunch of woes. Woes that are kind of challenging to hear, right? He says, woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Basically, you've already gotten all you're going to get. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Why, Jesus, that sounds kind of harsh, right? But no one ever accused Jesus of holding his tongue. Jesus always shared what was on his heart and mind. And this one is a bit uncomfortable for those of us who are not poor or not hungry right now. I like the question that Lutheran pastor Sarah Hendrick asks about this passage. She said, so does God only love us when we're miserable? Of course not, of course not, but when we are suffering, how wonderful it is to hear this message of good news that Jesus sees us and loves us and cares about our thriving. And when we are not suffering, how important it is to be reminded that we are called to be attentive and generous to those who are, just as God is attentive and generous. Now this is sort of where I loop back to Rob's sermon about service and justice. Because not only in this passage, but if we look at the entire Gospel of Luke, and I'll throw in the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote, Time and time again, we hear this theme of sacrificial generosity, of being called to give of our money and our goods and our time and our talent to help another, to care for the community. And we are called to this sacrificial generosity, not sort of sometime in the unknown future when we get around to it, But this day, now, this is the moment we are called to service and to justice for our community. The psalm we heard today ends with one of my favorite lines, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 
And yes, I hope that we do rejoice in every day that the Lord has made. But I think that's also a reminder. This is the day that we are called. We are called to service, to justice, to offer that blessing that Jesus promises. He reminds us that this is the day because we don't know about tomorrow. Jeff Healy reminded that, uh, uh, that to us as well. You know, Jesus tells us even though we may be full today, we might be hungry tomorrow. Even though we may be laughing and feeling good today, we don't know when that will change. But rather than sort of making that, make, having that make us feel you know, nervous or scared or worried, Perhaps instead that can serve as an inspiration to us, right? Yeah, we don't know what the future brings, so today is the day that we can be of service. Today is the day that we can work for justice. Now, after Rob's sermon last week, my spouse Cammie and I actually talked a little bit about this. We were kind of grading ourselves at how well we were doing, and we decided that service, we're actually, we're doing okay. You know, offering the, those one-time helps in the moment to, to sort of move someone along in that very moment. I think we do okay on that. Justice, however, we could be better, right? We decided we could be better because it's hard. It's challenging. Justice work is often long-term. Justice work often moves us out of our comfort zone. Justice work often calls us to give up something maybe we don't really want to. Rob and I, this past Tuesday, actually had a chance to see both the joys and the struggles of justice work. Uh, we tuned in via Zoom to the Board of Supervisors meeting. I know some of you were there as well. And the Board of Supervisors was deciding whether or not to accept a large grant uh, to basically rehabilitate an abandoned building in the Larkspur-Greenbrae area and turn it in to housing for people who are currently without housing. And a lot of people showed up at this meeting to make comments. We're talking hours of comments, both for and against this Project Home Key. And as we listened, Rob and I began to notice that there was a definite theme in what those who opposed the project were saying. And basically, the theme that kept coming up over and over again was, I'm nervous because this is a bunch of people who are going to be suffering from addiction and mental illness, and they're going to come into com my community, and they're going to harm me and my children. That's what we heard over and over again. Now, I understand that this is a new thing, and it's challenging. It's difficult. You know, this is a community that has not had this type of housing in their community before, and yes, they have questions. They have, you know, they have to get used to something new happening. I wasn't surprised that there are people opposed to Project Home Key. Not at all. We are human beings. We have different opinions on issues. What surprised me, and what bothered me, if I'm being honest, is how demonized the future residents of this project were. 
You know, it was, it was as if this, this faceless mob was going to infiltrate the community for the sole purpose of doing harm. The fact that some of the future residents might have a mental illness, might be struggling with addiction, automatically made them bad people to be feared. It was difficult rhetoric to listen to. So thank goodness for Joan Brown from Westminster. She and many stood up in the comments section and Joan talked about her experience with the REST program. Joan talked about coming week after week for years when we had men sleeping on Sunday nights on Finley Hall and how she simply got to know them. You know, heard their stories, you know, listened to their joys and their struggles, recognized, valued their humanity, not as some faceless mass of people, but as individuals, beloved children of God, just trying to make it through the day like everyone else. And I wonder if that is maybe one of the first steps to this challenging justice work, is realizing that, yes, justice work is often for a large group of people, but each one of those people is a beloved individual. Right? Blessed are you who are poor, says Jesus. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Talking to each person and reminding them that they are blessed. So one more story, since this seems to be the day for housing examples, I'll give you one more. Tuesday was a busy day. The morning was the Board of Supervisors, and the later afternoon, Barbara Kessel, a Westminster member, and I had the chance uh, to go to the dinner hosted by the street chaplaincy up in San Rafael. This is a weekly meal that is available to anyone who wants or needs it. And the street chaplaincy actually calls it a wellness gathering because it's more than just a dinner. You know, those who are there for the meal first gather in a big circle, and each person is given the opportunity to share for a minute or two. Share about you know, whatever is on their heart or mind. Share about what's been going on in their lives. And I could tell very quickly just how meaningful this sharing was. You know, when one is living on the streets, one can be very alone. It's very isolating. And so to be able to be a part of this circle where people are listening with their whole hearts and attentions to you is very moving. And the very last person to share just lit up with joy, and he shared that he had recently received keys to an apartment. He had housing. And I'm not sure actually who was more joyful about this, the man who was sharing or Nick Morris, who is the executive director of the street chaplaincy. Nick heard this news and he just lit up. And Nick was so excited because this was the result of that justice work. Not only the phone calls that Nick had been making in support of this specific man, but all of the work that so many in this county have been doing for the Housing First initiative to provide housing and wraparound services to get people off the streets. This is the day that individual was affected because of the work we are doing. Now, 
I realize we all come to this work from a lot of different places. We have a lot of different gifts and talents. We have a lot of different comfort levels. So I want to share with you a poem. It's written by the Reverend Anna Bladell, and I hope it'll, it will speak to each one of us wherever we may be. Blessed are you who are raging. Blessed are you who are mourning. Blessed are you who feel numb. Blessed are you who feel sick and tired and sick and tired. Blessed are you who refuse to turn away. Blessed are you who need to turn away. Blessed are you who keep breathing deep. Blessed are you who are tending to your own needs. Blessed are you who are tending to the needs of another. Blessed are you who have been calling. Blessed are you who have been organizing. Blessed are you who have been testifying. Blessed are you who have been hearing. Blessed are you who have been resisting. Blessed are you who feel broken open beyond repair. Blessed are you who are raw beyond words. Blessed are you who are working hotlines and crisis care centers and bearing witness to the forces of violence and trauma unleashed. Blessed are you who are marching. Blessed are you who are weeping. Blessed are you who know deep in your bones that you are good and beautiful and beloved and sacred and worthy and believed and held and capable of healing beyond your wildest imagination. Blessed are you who remind others that they are good and beautiful and beloved and sacred and worthy and believed and held and capable of healing beyond their wildest imagination. Blessed are we when we stay tender. Blessed are we when we stay fierce. Blessed are we when we dare to imagine repair and transformation. Blessed are we when we labor together to make it so. Amen.
May be seated. I do have a number of announcements I'd like to highlight, and as always, I remind you to subscribe to the e-news and to check out the bulletin and the website for additional offerings going on in the church and opportunities to serve. Uh, first, we have a number of memorial services in the works, and I want to alert you to a couple of dates and then just uh, advise you to stay tuned for others. Pat Hervé's service will likely be on March 18th. The time has not been determined yet. That's a Friday. Saturday the 19th will be a dual service for Mary Coons and her son Paul. That's March 19th. I meet with Marilyn Wirtz tomorrow to plan and look for a date for the service for Peter. As I mentioned earlier, we had a service yesterday, and one of the gifts of that service was Mark Sachs was able to be here and live stream it for those who couldn't be in attendance, and that's in becoming an increasingly important ministry, and we can always use more folks, so if you're looking to come to one of those services and would be willing to be trained, we have a very step-by-step -step, um, manual that will help you. Uh, it's, it's very doable. If I can do it, you can do it. So if you'd be willing to be trained in that, that you might provide that ministry to others, we'd really like to hear from you. The Tahoe Pilgrimage, we've had some good registrations. They keep coming in, so there's, but there's still room. If you're interested in coming uh, at the end of May, I invite you to um, check your e-news for a registration form and an information sheet, or contact me. I can either I can give you that. I can also send you a link to a little informational Zoom meeting we had uh, a week or so ago. And if we hit our limit, we probably have space to even add some rooms. So there's still time. Uh, we're going to be having a, a Celtic service on the equinox on March 20th. It will be kind of a prayer service, meditative in, in format, and also a meal to follow, hopefully outside in the garden. Because of the meal factor, we want to be able to plan accordingly. So stay tuned for that. There'll be an invitation that goes out, and you can uh, sign up. And we mainly want you to sign up so we can have appropriate amounts of food. Keep your eyes posted for several upcoming offerings on Thursday nights as part of a grief series that Aaron Elliott and others have been putting together. It really looks to be a dynamite series. So please stay tuned for that um, because you're not going to want to miss it. And finally, we are looking to be as responsive as we can to people's schedules around Ash Wednesday. Traditionally, we've only done a 9.30 a.m. service, but obviously that doesn't work for everyone. And we're open to having an end-of-the-day service, maybe 5.30 or so. Is that the time we talked about? But we'll only do that if folks are interested. I don't need to be out in the parking lot ashing myself. So, if, uh, But don't be bashful. If you'd like to come, even a small gathering is worth doing. But you've got to let us know because this week we will make a call on that. So please let one of us know in the next couple of days. And with that, let's rise in body or spirit for our closing hymn number 686.
And now as we go from this place, know that God, who is our creator, Jesus Christ, who is our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, the love of the Trinity goes with us now and always. Amen. Thank you.